Thank you, Phil. Uh, I want to, at this time, dismiss our children, our CP kids, uh, to head out. Jody is over there uh, waving her arms in the air like she just don't care. And uh, kids, I hope you have a great time. You're going to miss a doozy. You're going to miss a doozy. Um, If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And I want to ask you a question this morning, and the question is this, uh, who is blessed? Uh, Who is blessed? When you think about that question, uh, who comes to mind? This last week, I actually asked the research department at Christ Point uh, to scour the internet uh, to find an answer to that question, who is blessed? And um, we don't have a research department, but I did, and I hopped on Instagram, and I wanted to see how many times someone posted a picture with the hashtag blessed. Uh, And I found uh, that that hashtag is used uh, 138 million times. And so I'm not making this up. Those are real numbers. And so I looked through all 138 million uh, pictures uh, that people posted and wrote hashtag blessed because I wanted to know what does that mean uh, to be blessed. And this is what I found to be blessed apparently uh, is to be on vacation, right? When, uh, when you go on vacation and apparently uh, ladies will paint their toes, uh, they'll be sitting uh, on the beach or at a pool uh, with an umbrella drink, uh, the sun is out, there are no clouds in the sky, apparently uh, that's what it means to be blessed. Uh, what does it mean to be blessed? Apparently if you are between the ages of 18 and 22, if you're a college dude uh, and you have abs, that you can see, uh, you are blessed. Uh, If you have a family and when you sit down for dinner at the end of the table, your children don't complain about what you put in front of them and if they're not fussing about the vegetables. Instead, if your home looks like a cross between a Norman Rockwell and a Thomas Kincaid painting, uh, then you, my friend, are blessed. Uh, What does it mean to be blessed? When I think about uh, being blessed, I think about uh, the times when someone will tell me something and I will respond by saying, oh, isn't that nice? Uh, I believe that when you find yourself saying to someone's story, oh, isn't that nice? You think that that person is blessed. When someone tells you that they just got back from a great vacation and you say to them, oh, isn't that nice? Uh, You probably think that that person is is blessed. Ladies, if you go out with a girlfriend and you're sitting across the table at seven o'clock in the morning and you tell your friend, uh, you look beautiful today. And she says, I just rolled out of bed. And you are thinking to yourself, that's what you look like when you roll out of bed? Oh, isn't that nice? Uh, You probably think that that person is blessed. Uh, When I think of the person who is blessed, quite honestly, I think of someone who is affluent, uh, who has resources, who has the ability to come and go as they please and have experiences that few other people get to have. Uh, I think of people who are beautiful, right? The, the people who, who live life and turn heads uh, when they walk down the street. I, I think of someone who is influential or someone who is powerful, uh, someone who is a, a mover and a shaker in society. Uh, someone that other people go to for their opinion and for wisdom. In in my mind, um, those are the blessed people. 
If I were to ask you who is blessed, how would you answer uh, that question? Uh, what if, what if, uh, what if the people uh, that Jesus saw as blessed are not the people that you or I would think of as blessed? Uh, who are the people who are blessed in God's word in God's world? Uh, these are the people who are blessed. Jesus speaks of them in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn there. If not, you can follow along. The Sermon on the Mount, located in Matthew's chapter, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, uh, is the first of five teaching blocks in the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus is painting a picture for what life looks like in his kingdom. Right? This, is, this is life with God uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, we're told, uh, would teach, would preach, and would heal sickness or diseases. And he's painting a picture for people of what it looks like uh, to live the blessed life. And this is what uh, Scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, Seeing the crowds, uh, Jesus went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So who uh, is blessed? That's not an uncommon question. Scripture actually talks in the Old Testament and the New Testament about those who are blessed in God's kingdom. Uh, Psalm chapter 1 verse 1 says, Blessed or blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, Psalm 32, verse 1, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, blessing oftentimes was contrasted with cursing. Um, the, the blessed people, the ones who were blessed, uh, were the ones who were rightly related to God. They were the ones who knew and loved uh, the Lord. So who is blessed in God's kingdom? According to Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, some have taken this verse to mean blessed are the poor, um, those who do not have resources, uh, those who are poverty-stricken, those who do not have means 
uh, to do what they want to do uh, when they want to do it. Uh, Some people look at this verse and say that Jesus is talking about poverty. Um, Certainly a case uh, can be made uh, in looking at how God has grown the church uh, throughout history. And oftentimes we see um, the church growing uh, in and amongst those who are poor. Uh, People who do not have resources and means uh, to do what they want to do. People who uh, we would look at and in our eyes would be relatively unimpressive. Um, I don't know about you, but there are are, are certain people that I spend time with them and I am impressed by them. I I read their stories, I rub shoulders with them, and and they are a a people who seemingly have a reputation uh, in the community uh, for being significant uh, men and women. They are folks that we would look to and look up to. They are the influential and the powerful. But oftentimes, God does not uh, grow his church through the people that we would expect. I'm reminded of Paul's words to the church at, at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He's, he's talking about the kinds of people uh, that God are calling to himself. And he says to the church, For consider your calling, brothers, and not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So, So we read in Scripture that there are times when God grows the church with people from a human standpoint are very unimpressive to us. They're they're not always the movers and the shakers. They're not always men and women who have financial means uh, to get things done. Quite honestly, they're the people that we would look at as those who are forgotten, right? Those those who seemingly are not um, significant in man's eyes. So some people would look at this passage and say, uh, Jesus here is clearly talking about those who do not have financial means, those who are uh, poor, who are poverty-stricken. And uh, while aspects of that are true, I don't think that that's all that Jesus means here. I don't think that Jesus is only talking about someone's bank account or their retirement fund. He says, blessed are um, the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Uh, To be poor in spirit is to have a spiritual posture of dependency before the Lord. Um, To be poor in spirit is to recognize that we do not bring anything uh, to the table before the Lord. Uh, We cannot boast in our spiritual resume before God and say to him, Lord, look at all that I've accomplished and done for you. Welcome me into your kingdom. Instead, uh, the people who are spiritually poor are people who come before the Lord with broken and contrite hearts. Um, The people who are spiritually poor before the Lord are people who come before God spiritually bankrupt and dependent. This is the picture that we see in other places in Scripture. Um, I'm reminded of the story that Jesus, the parable that Jesus tells 
in Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 9 through 14. I want to read it to you because I think that this is such a great picture of what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, it says in Luke chapter 18, verse 9, and he also told this parable to some who had trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Uh, two men went up to the temple to pray, uh, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Um, the Pharisee was the one that we would naturally look to and think that spiritually uh, he has his act together. Right? He is the one who, if he wrote a book, we would buy the book. Right? If he spoke at a conference, we would go to the conference. Uh, he was the one that people would look to in that day and age and say, that guy has kind of figured it out. Like spiritually, he has it together. Right? The tax collector was the crook. Right? The tax collector is everything that the Pharisee is not. A tax collector would be hated uh, by his fellow Jews. Right? They were the ones who, who would take money from people, pocket a little bit for themselves, and give the rest to Rome. And people hated the tax collector. And so Jesus tells this story about a Pharisee, so-called religious man, and a tax collector. And it says, The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. And then he gives a spiritual resume. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Right? So that's the Pharisee. That's the religious man. Comes before the Lord and he says a prayer. And he says to God, essentially, I'm kind of a big deal. Like I, I do all of the spiritual things that I'm supposed to do. Right? He kind of sticks out his chest before God. But, verse 13, the tax collector, standing far off, uh, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Um, when Jesus says, blessed are uh, the, the poor, he, he is talking about men like the tax collector. Uh, and uh, he is talking about people uh, like you and me uh, who come before the Lord and we do not have our spiritual act together and we simply cry out to God and say, God, uh, be merciful uh, to me, a sinner. Um, that is what Jesus is talking about when he says, blessed are uh, the poor in heart. It's like uh, the old hymn, uh, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Uh, naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. And spiritually poor are the ones that come before the Lord and say, like, God, help me. Like, help me. Jesus speaks to the crowd and says to them that his kingdom is made up of people who are spiritually poor. Uh, blessed, Jesus goes on, are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Typically, when we think of mourning, when I think of mourning, I think of death and loss. Right? We, we think of, of losing someone uh, we love. We, 
We may think of a, a grieving mom or a dad, a, a grieving a husband or a wife, a son or a daughter. And certainly uh, that could be included here. But I believe that Jesus is talking about a different kind of mourning. And the mourning that Jesus is talking about is a mourning or a grief uh, over um, our own sin and over the, the sin and the brokenness of humanity. Right? And so we, we look out into the world, a world that is hardwired not to work, and we are bothered by what we see. We, we, we look out and we hear the stories and we say, God, it is not supposed to be like this. I had a friend yesterday that sent me a text last night and said, James, would you, uh, would you pray for me? He said, I, um, my next door neighbor called me in the middle of the night last night, 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, y- young, young mom, 38 years old, two boys, three and two, and her husband passed away unexpectedly from complications uh, from COVID in an airport in Seattle. Right? I don't... I've, Never, never met this lady before. I don't know anything of this story, but he sent me a picture of this dad and his two little girls, and I see that, and my heart breaks. My heart breaks. I say, God, this world that we live in is hardwired not to work, and so we, we, we mourn. We mourn the world that we live in and the brokenness that uh, we see, not just out there, though, but in our own hearts, Right? When, when God exposes our, our own sinfulness. Right? When, when God's Spirit convicts us of things in, in our hearts that we didn't even know were there. Right? And we cry out to uh, the Lord. We, we, we say like Paul did in Romans chapter 7. This is his heart's cry. I think it's ours as the people of God. Paul wrote and said, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, Evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells uh, in my members. You see what Paul is saying? He's like, there are things in my life that I want to do and I know I should do and I don't do them. And there are other things in my life that I know that I shouldn't do that I do. And so he cries out to the Lord in verse 24 and says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Right? Did you ever feel that before? Did you ever feel that before? Not just know it intellectually, but did you ever feel it before? We are going, <laughs> like, wherever I go, there I am. And you cry out and go, who will deliver me uh, from this body of death? And Paul writes, thanks be to God in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. This, I believe, is what it means uh, to mourn. Right? To mourn. We mourn the brokenness in the world, and we mourn the brokenness in our own hearts. Blessed is the man uh, who grieves over their own sin and brokenness. Psalm 130. Psalm 130 says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice for my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark my iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. So, so like blessed is, is the one who is gripped by his own or her own sinful and broken heart. Because, and here's good news in this, um, they will be comforted. 
right? So Jesus' followers are not just a bunch of sad people. Like we are a people who are comforted. And how are we comforted? We're not comforted when we primarily get our acts together. Like when we go, okay, I'm going to be better next time. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to think that. We're comforted when we go to the one who we've sinned against, God our Father, His Son Jesus, we confess our sins, and the very one we have offended extends to us grace and mercy and forgiveness. So we mourn, and God in His grace and His mercy comforts His people. Jesus speaks uh, to the crowds and says uh, to them, Blessed blessed are those uh, who mourn, for they uh, will be comforted. He goes on, Blessed are uh, the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Have you ever uh, used the word meek before? Have you used it in the last week or the last month or the last year? It's, it's not typically a word that, um, that I use a lot. I don't usually walk away from a conversation and think to myself, well, he's so meek or she is so meek. Um, I think it's one of those words that we read and we don't necessarily understand uh, what it means. It sounds weak. Meek sounds weak. And we don't celebrate weakness. We celebrate as a people strength and, and might. We celebrate those who are bold and confident and assertive. Uh, but, but here Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Blessed essentially are uh, the humble. Um, to, to, to be meek is to have a power, but yet put it under, const- uh, under constraint or control. And oftentimes we don't celebrate that. We celebrate strength. We celebrate those who rule with, with an, an iron fist, those who are impressive to us. A humorous Upton Dixon suggested starting a support group of meek people whose motto would be, the meek shall inherit the earth if that's okay with everybody. I kind of like that. Uh, Moses was described as meek. Moses was a great leader. Uh, Moses was a strong man. He also uh, had some skeletons in the closet. But Jesus was described as as meek and mild. Jesus, our Savior, was described in this way. Uh, Meekness is not weakness. In ancient Greece, uh, war horses were trained to be meek, strong and powerful, yet under control and willing to submit. Like, I love to think about that idea, like this war horse, this beautiful animal that's full of strength, and yet their power is constrained. Uh, a couple months ago, I had the privilege to go over uh, to, to Judy's house. A number of you know uh, Judy, and I, I took, Melissa and I took our kids, and I took my niece, and uh, she has a couple horses, and I wanted uh, the girls to ride horses primarily. I wanted to ride a horse too, and so uh, she, she gave us kind of a tour of, of, her, of her place, you know, where the horses are. And she started teaching us about her horse. And she, um, I, I noticed, like, when the horse would, would, would kind of come down and start eating, she didn't want the horse uh, to eat. So she would, um, she, she would threaten the horse's life, give or take. Like, she had this, pro- she had this, little, this little rope that she would spin in the air, and she just would go one Two, and if she got to three, she would just give the horse a little tap on the side. We loved it so much that we started using it around the house, right? If I, if I leave the mail out or my socks on the floor, Melissa will look at me and go, one, two. I know what she's talking about. 
But I was amazed to watch Judy um, speak to this horse because what she is doing is taking this powerful animal and she's teaching the animal essentially to be under control. Right? Meekness is power, but, but under control. In other words, you might look at someone who's meek and, and maybe uh, to your eye they look relatively unimpressive. That They are the ones that don't necessarily have to have the last word. They may have power, but decide not to use it. You may walk away from a conversation with them and not realize who they are and what they've done. They, they have power, but it is under constraint. Jesus says, blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, um, for they will be satisfied. One author says, um, for the poor, righteousness would include having their basic needs for food met. Uh, but it goes on to include a desire to see God's standards established and obeyed in every area of life. Another uh, smart guy said uh, that righteousness means a right relationship with God, uh, with others, and with ourselves. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those people who, who long uh, to see people restored into a right relationship with Jesus. Uh, blessed are the men and women who look at the brokenness of the world and broken relationships and long for those relationships uh, to be restored. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know what it's like to hunger? You know what it's like to thirst? I experience it at least three times a day, right? Oftentimes more. It's a growing problem. And I know what it's like to hunger. Jesus is saying, I want you to hunger and thirst for, for righteousness. The people's relationships with God would be restored. Their relationships with others uh, would be restored. Blessed are, are these folks. And so I'm going to stop there, and I just want to ask a question. What do we do here uh, with the words of Jesus? Like, what do we, what do, we do with these words? Because Jesus is pronouncing blessing uh, to a group of people who essentially have done little to nothing to perform for him. Like when we read through the Sermon on the Mount and, and, and we come across this way of life, this picture that Jesus is going to paint for people of what it looks like to not have anxiety or, or anger or, or lust when Jesus speaks into things like, like marriage and our finances and, and all this seemingly very practical to do kind of stuff, before he says any of that, um, he just simply says, these are the blessed people. These are the people in my kingdom who are blessed. Last week we said there are a number of different ways that we can read the Sermon on the Mount. Um, some people have read the Sermon on the Mount historically and, and saw it as basically this, this kind of like good, good piece of literature. We said last week that Gandhi read the Sermon on the Mount and said it went straight to his heart. But he did not uh, connect the one who could change the human heart uh, with, with this sermon. Other people look at it and say, it's impossible to do any of these things. It's law. Law drives us to Jesus. And that's true. That's true. Law does that because we, we cannot follow it perfectly. 
And yet I think that there's more. Some people look at it and just say, hey, this is something that you and I should work really hard uh, to, to be uh, prevalent or evident in our hearts and our lives. But I don't think Jesus is saying that right here. When, when Jesus uh, says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I don't think his intent is for us to go home and think to ourselves, okay, how can I, how can I be poor in spirit today? I don't think Jesus is, is coming to us and saying, hey, can we hang out on Wednesday? And you look at your calendar and go, no, I'm going to be mourning on Wednesday. I, can't, I don't have time for that. Um, those who mourn inherit the earth. He's not talking about working on becoming more meek. He's simply painting a picture of like, like these are the people who are welcomed into my kingdom. Right? So there, there's a group of people that's hearing the teaching of Jesus. They're sitting under his teaching. The disciples are there, at least some of them. People have gathered. And I can imagine within that crowd, there are people all over the map all over the map, just like there are here. Right? There are some people who are Jesus followers and they've, they've bought in and, and God has given to them faith and they're like, we are all in. And there's other people that are on the fence and they're going, mm. like they just heard a commotion and so they've come to hear this man. But I can guarantee you if we ask them the question, who is blessed, uh, they might have answers to that question. They might say, who is blessed? Well, the, the, the people in Rome are blessed. They're the ones with all the power. They're the ones that call all the shots. Who is blessed? The Pharisees are blessed. Right? The scribes are blessed. The, the spiritual elite are blessed. The people who are somebodies are blessed. But Jesus is speaking to that crowd, and he speaks to this crowd, and he says, I want to tell you who's blessed in my kingdom. I want to talk, talk to you about the kinds of people Right, who make up folks uh, who run with me. Um, these are the people that I run with. I run uh, with people who are poor in spirit. I run with people who mourn. I run with people who are meek. I run with people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, if you are here this morning and you are spiritually needy, like you come in here not as someone who has their act together, but someone who's desperate. Right? You've come to the end of yourself no matter how hard you try. You can't, you can't figure everything out. And so you come on Sunday morning with your, your hands open and you're like, God, fill me, meet me. I am desperate for you. Then this is for you. If you grieve uh, your inability to fix yourself and to get your stuff together. Um, this is good news for you. If you find yourself in a position of power, but you don't find it necessary to always use it, the kingdom uh, is for you. Uh, if you long for relationships, um, to be restored, for others' relationships with God to be restored, or maybe for your own relationship with God to be restored, uh, then the kingdom is for you. Who is blessed? Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, blessed are those who mourn, 
for they shall be comforted. Uh, Blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those uh, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Would you pray with me? God, I'm I'm, uh, just continually blown away that the, the kingdom that I read about uh, in Scripture, your rule over your people and your place, oftentimes is vastly different than I expect. It quite honestly catches me off guard. It surprises me. Uh, because the people who are blessed in your kingdom are not necessarily the people who I would see as blessed. And yet you show us a a different way. You show us that the people oftentimes invited uh, to your party uh, would not be on the top of our list. And Lord, in seeing that, I want uh, to give you thanks. Because truth be told, Um, That uh, is us. We are poor in spirit. Spiritually, apart from Jesus, we have nothing to offer you. We come with empty hands and broken hearts. We mourn and we grieve the brokenness that we see not only in the world, but in our own hearts. And we can't fix ourselves. we, We hunger and we thirst for for righteousness, for relationships to be restored with you and with others. And so I pray, Lord, uh, that you would make it so. I thank you for inviting us into your kingdom. Uh, we, We give you thanks. God, we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.